Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There is a line in Chinatown. I'm not. I'm not saying, uh, you know, there's like a like a like a, a point of view or a, or a saying in Chinatown. I am saying there's a physical line of people in Chinatown. And the line of people is waiting to get into a uh, kind of like a drugstore, kind of like a convenience store. You know, very often you'll see these little shops dotting the landscape of Manhattan. And they are there to get pepper spray. Because in New York City, in Democrat-run, Democrat-majority... New York City, Asian women are being attacked a lot. We have seen the stories of models being assaulted. We have seen people punched randomly for no reason. In this story, a New York man has been charged with attempted murder. You have an Asian woman, 67 years old. Trying to get into a door. So it's a vestibule. So you open one set of doors, and then there's a, the, the, the area, and then the other door has a lock on it, and she's there with her key to open it. When from behind comes a large black man, who from behind, with his right hand, his right arm, winds up and punches her on the right side of the head, knocking her down. Spits on her. And then proceeds to beat her. Calling her epithets left and right. I, 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 I must say that I, I said it was Manhattan because that's where these things usually happen. My mistake, I forgot. This was Yonkers. That's north of New York. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. I sometimes forget if I say hello, and it's because I'm so involved in this story. In this story of an attack on Asian Americans that we'll only get today as press coverage. And if it didn't have the video of her showing her being punched 125 times, kicked seven times, and spit on, it wouldn't be talked about at all. Because it doesn't fit narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative because a black man attacked an Asian woman and it only is a story of hate if a white man does it. We hear you bigots. I'm going to get more into the bigotry in terms of what they're doing all around the country. These DEI officers, these woke corporations, the pushing and promoting of bigotry. I'm going to share some of the things that are happening. But this story is a top-line story. This story is insane, except it's not. It is now the standard. That's life in New York. That is life in racist, bigoted New York. Not Mobile, Alabama. Not Jackson, Mississippi. Not Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not Atlanta, Georgia. Not Racine, Wisconsin. Not my beloved Indianapolis, Indiana. And Indianapolis has got its own problems. This is the story in leftist, progressive, 
super duper woke New York. This is who they are. Maybe all of their talk about being good, kind, decent people, all of their talk about being people who who are uh, are, are are accepting and loving, maybe that's all a bunch of nonsense. Maybe that's all garbage. Maybe everything they've tried to put out there is nothing more than than a bit of a what, projection, something they dream of. They can sell you as a lie, but the reality tells something else. Maybe we got a lot of people who really think that Asian Americans are responsible for COVID. Which is, of course, a ridiculous point of view. That something came from Wuhan? It did come from Wuhan. That has nothing to do with the person walking down the street. But it's important to note that when they, in their ivory towers, point at you on Midwest Main Street, point at you, uh, you know, across the Midwest, say you this and you that, and you're, it's them. They need to look in their own backyards. And right now they're not. So they're lined up to buy pepper spray. They should be lining up in front of their legislators to demand the ability to carry firearms in New York. Meanwhile, Jen Psaki, she's the White House press secretary. She's holding the press conference. What's she up to? Just to give you a few examples. In January, we notified Congress that responding to the unprecedented surge in cases due to Omicron would exhaust our funds. Throughout February, we held briefings about the lack of funding and what the consequences would be if we didn't get additional funds. In the president's State of the Union address, the president called for additional COVID funding. And our national... Nope. Done. Done. Because this is going to lead into a conversation about new variants. Oh, they love talking about the new variants. Supposedly there's like a stealth Omicron going on in in China right now and they're shutting things down. There's the Deltacron subvariant. The idea that there are variants doesn't surprise us or shock us at all. We are not shocked by these things. We know that they exist. What we won't do is we won't live in fear. We're not going to live like you crazy people. We're going to go about our lives. We'll deal with things as they come and we're moving on. But you know these people want to talk about the new variants to to re-scare the country because it's good for ratings or something else. Count me out. Count me out. Also count me out of the idea that we're going to claim that men are women and women are men. Because USA Today, they've done a doozy. And I've got that story coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So just wanted to note uh, uh, 
uh, the, the uh, news that we heard from the CEO of Fox this morning that uh, cameraman Pierre Zagruski, I just want to pronounce his name the right way. Did I pronounce it the right way? Okay. Um, lost his life. Um, he is someone who um, has served in many war zones um, over the course of time. He was a war zone photographer who covered nearly every international story for Fox News from Iraq to Afghanistan to Syria during uh, his long tenure working there. So we just, our thoughts, our prayers are with his family, with the entire community uh, as well. Um, so let me stop there. Um, that was Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, talking about the cameraman at Fox News who was killed while doing his job. It, it is a massive, massive story. It matters. These people all work together. They all know each other. It, 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 is, it is legit that it should be mentioned. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good uh, to be with you. I share with you now uh, a story about Rachel Levine. You may not know who Rachel Levine is. That's quite all right. Rachel Levine is the United States Assistant Secretary for Health. And because of that position, as appointed by President Biden, Rachel Levine has the rank of admiral. Before that, Rachel Levine ran uh, medical care, if you will, was the top doctor in Pennsylvania. And Rachel Levine, according to USA Today, has been named one of their women of the year. Meet these exceptional women of the year. The problem is Rachel Levine is a man. Rachel Levine is a man. Transgender is uh, how it would get said. And yes, Rachel Levine has this position. And if you want to call yourself Rachel, go right ahead. Feel free. Knock yourself out. Who am I to say? If you tell me your name is Rachel, I will call you Rachel. When Jen Psaki tells me her name is Jen Psaki. It's still a call from uh, President Zelensky. And uh, on COVID, uh, I'm giving your push for more. I'm not going to listen to any COVID talk. Uh, I'll call her Jen. Not Peppermint Patty, I call her Jen, because that's her name. But I don't call Jen a man, because Jen Psaki is not a man. And I don't call Rachel Levine a woman, because Rachel Levine is not a woman. But that's my conversation, an internal one, for me. and And I don't get pushed off of that by anybody. I will not lie to myself for anyone. I refuse to do it. I don't care who is offended. You have no right to be offended. That's, I think, the, the, the big one, and I think a lot of people have never heard before. I will not call you a man if you are not a man, and you have absolutely no right to be offended. Just who the hell do you think you are? I think that's the question. Who are you to decide to be offended that I won't lie to myself? Never mind who are you to think you can ask me to lie to myself to make you happy. I won't lie, and then you get angry at me that I won't lie, and you want to call me every name under the sun? Don't care. Can't do it, won't do it. But that's not the story. The story is, why does USA Today hate women? Nope. Wait, that's one of the stories. There are two stories. Let's start with that one. Why does USA Today hate women? Because clearly they hate women. Because you have the women of the year, and you're starting off with somebody who isn't a woman. So what, the, what USA Today is telling women is that they are much, much 
in, in a much better spot. They're much happier with the idea of engaging the virtue signaling than they are in actually supporting and highlighting women. It's funny, Jen Psaki, before we came back on the air, was talking about how it was equal payday. I never heard of such a thing. You know, producer Ari is looking for equal payday, and I'm like, oh, hell no. You will take what you get. It's true. But the equal payday is about pay gaps and men and women and this and that. Mm, look, if you want to have equal payday, how about appointing a woman to this job? But you didn't appoint a woman to this job. You appointed a man. You do your thing. But now you're going to create a list of exceptional women and not put a woman on it? Or at least put this man on it. You see, when you, when, you, when, you, when you give Rachel Levine the job, you're giving Rachel Levine the job, and I can't tell you that Rachel Levine does a good job or, 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 or a bad job. I'll leave that to doctors. But notice, that's where I leave it. But when you have a list of women, exceptional women, who are women of the year, I don't know why it's women of the year now, but that's neither here nor there, and... and uh, and you, you, you don't put women on it exclusively, you're saying something. You are saying something. You're saying that you hate women. You're saying that women don't count. You're saying that women can go to the back of the line. You're saying that women don't matter. You're saying women should suffer. You're saying women are less than. You're saying women come behind men. That's what you're saying, USA Today. Here's the bigger question. Why do women accept this? Why, why, why do women take this crap? Why in the world do women think that this is okay? I swear to you, this is a true story. I, 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 I don't often uh, get personal in terms of conversations that I have uh, with my wife. I am discussing it with her last night. I'm showing her what I'm seeing on the screen. And she says to me, why do why are women not infuriated about this? Why do women just accept this? And I said, for the same reason women don't run the world. There is an unwillingness to stand up and say, mother blanker, what? Now, I, I would argue that that willingness seems to be changing. And I know plenty of women who are willing to say, mother blanker, What? But not enough. 10,000 women didn't get together and say, hey, USA Today, screw you and your garbage nonsense newspaper, we're out. 10,000 women didn't post on Facebook, hey, USA Today, you suck. Take your man crush elsewhere. Because a lot of the women... Uh, in within that group, uh, they're probably fine with this. And a lot of other women are too busy leading their lives and they have no time to be writing on Facebook, hey, USA Today, suck it. But when you don't, this is what you get. This is exactly what you get. Who accepts this? Who thinks this has value? Who thinks that there is a good that comes from this? Because there isn't. There is only a radicalness that comes from this. And I am not even done engaging 
all of the radical things that we're seeing. Oh, my gosh. I start with, of course, the attack on Asians in in New York. And this time, a black man uh, assaulting an Asian woman from behind, hitting her 125 times, kicking her seven times, spitting on her. You see USA Today tell women to take a back seat, just like the NCAA is. Oh, hi, NCAA. I know you listen. You decided that Leah Thomas was a woman. Leah Thomas is not a woman. And you told women swimmers to take a back seat. Just sit there in the back, take your silver medals, and shut your face. That's what you told women. I don't know why women take it. In the state of Indiana, House Bill 1041 should by now be on the governor's desk. I would have hoped that I had a governor, Eric Holcomb is the governor of Indiana, who would be actively pursuing this legislation, saying, get it to my desk so I can sign it right away. Well, it doesn't go into effect to July. So what? House Bill 1041 says that boys play boys sports and girls play girls sports in high school. You play the sport that you are assigned at birth because, well, you are either a man or a woman. You are either a boy or a girl. He's, I don't know if he's going to sign it or not. But there are people screaming, oh, this is an attack on children. Kids just want to play. You've got the entirety of the Indiana Democratic Party telling these girls in sports, too bad. You don't count. Everything we ever said about equality, Jen Psaki talking about equal pay day, but how are you going to get equally paid if you're not allowed to participate in the sport that pays you? Tell me how the equal payday works with gold medals when you're letting men swim as women. Just real life hitting you in the face. Men are stronger than women in the main. And of course it's unfair. And the people who say otherwise are insane. They're hateful, hateful, awful people who think women should be in a second-class position. And USA Today agrees with them. USA Today and the NCAA and the Indiana Democratic Party all in lockstep about the second place position women should put themselves in. My gosh. Next, it's Barefoot in the Kitchen. I would like to see more women push back and fight back. I'd like to see more women say, what the bloody what is this? And start with canceling your subscriptions to USA Today and anybody associated with them. They've told you what they think of women, and it ain't very much. And still, it's not the most radical story of the day. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Uh, with uh, with uh, his counterparts, he also conveyed, reiterated our One China policy based on the Taiwan Relations Act, three communiques and six assurances, and underscored concerns about Beijing's coercive and provocative actions across the Taiwan Strait, which is, of course, our position publicly, but is also something that he took the time to reiterate during this conversation. Uh, there are a range of, uh, of sanctions we obviously have in place, and we, we watch, of course, if there's a violation of those. Uh, and we also watch if there is support uh, provided uh, for the military invasion of another country. I don't have any assessment of that to provide to you today. 
sounds like secondary sanctions are on the table if China is found to be helping Russia. So it's Jackie Heinrich of Fox News asking Jen Psaki questions about sanctions. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I just wanted to hear how Psaki responds to Jackie Heinrich of Fox. Listen. Given that this administration's position is the mere threat of sanctions should be a deterrent. We're going to have those conversations directly with China and Chinese leadership, uh, not through the media at this point in time. I would note that uh, when when our national security advisor uh, was having his meeting yesterday, uh, he was very direct about the comp- the consequences. Uh, he made clear we're going to be watching closely, uh, made clear that it's not just us. Uh, the decisions that China makes uh, are going to be watched uh, by the world. Uh, so that is how uh, they focus the meeting, but in terms of any Potential impacts or consequences will leave those through private diplomatic channels at this point. One last one on, on Zelensky tomorrow. It, it sounds like you know we're pretty dug in on our position when it comes to the no-fly zone, when it comes to uh, the MIGs, uh, despite this growing call, bipartisan call in Congress to shift a little bit. So to put it bluntly, is Zelensky wasting his time tomorrow asking for these things? Well, I would say because of the passion and the courage and the bravery of President Zelensky, there has been support for expediting the delivery of a historic amount of military and security assistance and weapons that have helped him and his military fight back against the Russians. And I would say that, yes, we recognize there are a range of bipartisan calls, but what we have the responsibility to do here is to assess what the impact is on the United States and our own national security. A no-fly zone is escalatory and could prompt a war with Russia, a major nuclear power. Providing the planes, our military did an assessment that's based not just on the risk, but whether it would have a huge benefit to them. They assessed it would not, because they have their own squadron of planes, and because the type of military assistance that is working to fight this war effectively is the type of assistance we're already providing. The argument doesn't work. That's her problem. You can make the argument. I actually saw, I think it was Kurt Schlichter make this argument in town hall. What is working for them is, you know, this is my speaking it, throwing Molotov cocktails at tanks as they're going by on the streets. That's working. Not necessarily having any level of air support. But the question should not be, or the answer to the question should not be, well, we did an assessment, we decided it wouldn't help them, so we're not going to allow Poland to give planes to Ukraine. That's a very, very strange argument. You're going to argue that giving the planes is going to have Russia be angry at Poland, therefore engage the United States in some kind of war because we're going to have to respond via Article 5? You're sending the stingers, you're sending the javelins. What are we discussing here? And so part of this is, is, I think, interesting because there, there are definitely disagreements. I'm having disagreements amongst friends uh, on this subject, should we or, or shouldn't we? I do not want to commit any U.S. troops to, to uh, being in Ukraine right now. Absolutely not. I do not want to engage a no-fly zone because it means you are willing to shoot down Russian MiGs. You are engaged in a war. It, 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 that is what it means. Letting people, other people take the planes, and we don't know how to do this. See, this is the part. This is the problem. When you deal with amateurs, when you deal with children, 
They don't know how to get the plans from point A to point B. What are we asking? What are we making this such a public thing for? Let me help you do this. Let me help you do this, people. Let me tell you what happened to the planes. Tommy, you are not going to believe what happened to the... Paulie, Paulie, back me up here. Let me tell you what happened to the planes. So there I am. I, got, I get home. I get home. You know, I, I went out. I went out with, with Shirley. Oh, what a girl. What a girl. We had a great time. A great time. I swear, if I don't, if I don't break up with this girl, I'm going to marry this girl. I don't want to get married. I'm going to marry this girl. You know how it's going to go. Anyway, we had a great time. And I get home. I'm like, oh, I'm beat. It was a long day. Great time. You know what I do? I go to sleep. But first, first thing I do is I check. You know what I always do? You know what I always do? Paulie, back me up here. You know what I always do? First thing I do, Tommy, I, I check. And I'm like, oh, there are the MIGs. They're the MIGs right there. They're the, I always check, and the MIGs are there. Paulie, do I check or do I check? He checks, Tommy. I check every time. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. And so, and boom, the MIGs are there, and you know what I do? I go to sleep. Oh, I'm so tired. What a day. And I got to wake up early. Now I have to wake up early today. I had to do the thing. You know, I got to do the thing sometimes, so I had to do the thing. So I wake up the next day. Tommy, you will not believe this. The MIGs were gone. Paulie, tell him the MIGs were gone. They were gone, Tommy. The MIGs, they were there one minute. I went to bed. I went to bed. The MIGs were there. I wake up. The MIGs are gone. I couldn't believe what happened. I had. To, I did like a double take like I was in like a like a Disney cartoon. I did one of those, Tommy. I couldn't believe it. I walked outside. I'm like, maybe, maybe someone brought them around back. Maybe someone brought them around back. I went around back. You know what? They weren't there. They weren't there. So I said, wait a second. Maybe I'm in the wrong house. No, I wasn't in the wrong house. But it was so weird. So I checked. It was my address. So that's 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 when I I, I I called Paulie and Paulie came over and the first thing he says is uh, where are the mix and I'm like this is the problem Paulie and he goes oh no wonder you called me and then and then we called you isn't that what happened Paulie that's what happened Tommy so so I, I honestly I don't know I don't know what happened to the mix I don't we had mix and then we don't have mix what are you gonna do what are you gonna do we don't got any mix anybody hungry people don't know how to do this. Send over 30 pilots, fly the MiGs out. Why is this even a conversation? Let the United States be angry ipso facto. Now, you can argue that I am arguing against the best interest of the United States of America. I don't believe I am. But you can argue it and we can discuss it. The point is, if Poland wanted to get the MiGs over, they could get the MiGs over. Why is this a thing? This shouldn't be a thing. But disagreements are allowable. Disagreements are absolutely positively allowable. Now, to the idea that what are you going to do? You know, it's 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 Joe Biden and and I mean it's it's Russia and it's nuclear Russia and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's just so incredibly dangerous. Well, now you're sounding like Joy Behar. I will consider that an act of war. Mm-hmm. We're already in a war with him. And then where do we go? No, we're not in a war with him. He's already in a we war. We don't want World War III in this world. This is a country that has nuclear weapons. We've been under this gun of nuclear weapons since I'm a child. But when does he stop, desk. Joy? When does, when does the he stop? No you can't, you cannot screw there's... around with a crazy person who has nukes. He has... We have nukes. Maybe we need a crazy person. We have nukes. But they're crazy and we're not crazy, so what good are our nukes? The problem with Joy Behar's assessment here is that first, a lot of people have said this. 
I think her commentary is actually an honest assessment that's shared by a lot of people around the country. But they don't go to step two. Well, what does that mean? That means that he can do whatever he wants because he's crazy and we can't do what we want because we're not crazy? No. Maybe we got to get crazy. Maybe we got to get nuts. Maybe we got to be insane. Maybe we have to scare Vladimir Putin a little bit. And maybe under Joe Biden, he ain't scared none. Maybe your commentary, Joy Behar, is telling you exactly what the problem is. That's what I think it's doing. I think it's telling you exactly what the problem is. But I shared with you that I would continue on these stories of madness. This story about USA Today choosing a man as one of their women of the year in Rachel Levine with the federal government. Transgender. Not a woman, a man. They decided is woman of the year and people are cheering it. It's not worth cheering. It's an attack on women. And there are women cheering it. Uh, It's also pretty nuts. And I shared with you that an Asian woman was punched in the head and in the body 125 times by a black man because she was Asian. They're lining up in Yonkers outside of Manhattan for pepper spray, which is not going to do you much good when you've been punched in the head from behind. But you should get it anyway, because maybe it will do you some good and you'll stand a, a fighting chance. I believe in doing what you can to protect yourself, which is why the idea that the U.S. military decided that the MiGs would be no good to the Ukrainians is nonsense. But let's go to the third story in this. The third story in this has to do with a place called Bridgewater State University. This was written about by Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley, uh, the the lawyer uh, over there at Georgetown Law, talking about a story from the Boston Globe about a woman by the name of Donna Johnston who... um, is suing Bridgewater State University. See, they had uh, an open position for the School of Social Work. And she was one of 10 applicants. It was a one-year assistant professorship. And she had taught at Southern New Hampshire University. She taught at Virginia Commonwealth University. She's a licensed social worker from Plainfield, Connecticut. She has extensive clinical experience. And she gets there to the interview, does Donna Johnston. She sits down and they're like, okay, Why don't you now take a moment to defend your white privilege? And she goes, "Uh, what? This is true. The university has confirmed this, that she has been asked to defend in an interview her white privilege. She's told that, quote, black students may not be able to relate to you because of your white privilege. The university says that she was given, quote, an opportunity to show how she would use her experience and teaching skills to overcome a common obstacle as a social worker and teacher. However, her answer, quote, missed the target. Now, we should note that two white applicants were hired. And they're citing a lack of classroom experience as one of the non-racial factors leading to her rejection. None of that matters. She wasn't enough of an apologist for the color of her skin. She didn't grovel 
properly about the color of her skin, and she was shown the door. If you want to know why I oppose the critical race curriculum, this is why. Because it teaches and codifies bigotry and hate. The question itself is so radical and so unacceptable that the question should be disqualifying of the university. You mean I'm not allowed to ask if you've ever been in prison, but you can ask me to defend my white privilege? I sw- I, it's only a shame that I'm probably not going to be doing any more job interviews in my future because, oh, the amount of pleasure I would take in telling people to kiss my ass would be amazing. If you want to know why I refuse to stay quiet when people want to teach critical race curriculum, you don't want to call it critical race theory, you win. It was just a catch-all term that we used. Yes, a legal theory. Uh, not t- uh, taught even in colleges, really. Never certainly not taught in high school. But critical race curriculum is. And it's everywhere. And it's in colleges. And it's in high schools. It's in middle schools. And the plan is to engage the culture war to beat it out of the schools. So we can get back to education, not indoctrination. So we don't teach children they're guilty for their existence, and we don't teach children that they're oppressed because of the color of their skin. Sometimes the world is unfair, and sometimes the world is unkind, and sometimes people are just despicable. But you set your own course, now go get them. You can choose to be a victim, but victimhood is garbage trash. Go out there and crush. That's what I want to teach. That's what I want to teach. That's not what the critical race curriculum folk want to teach. That's not what the social emotional learners want to teach. That's not what the private schools want to teach. That's not what the DEI folk want to teach. How could they? I would fire every DEI officer in every school and in every university and in every business across the country. This was nothing more. Nothing more than a show of virtue signaling. See how good we are? We have a DEI instructor. Do they think it's okay to ask in a job interview, can you defend your white privilege? They started from the position that she was guilty of her existence due to her existence. And that's rational? You send your kid to Bridgewater State University. You hate your kid. And personally, I wouldn't want to be friends with you. I'm Tony Katz.